it'll, it'll be a peaceful uh, transition to power, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. <What's laughs> he's just eventually going to, his next tweet, his next tweet, within half an hour, is going to be, well played, Biden. <laughs> like, um, I guess the better man won. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's how it's going to turn out. Um, fifty-one fifty. <laughs> yeah, keeping it fifty-one fifty. Episode forty-one. Forty-one. I feel we've almost <laughs> caught up to the the number of presidents that we've had in this country, <laughs> <laughs> which is always the goal as a. As a, As a podcast, podcast. You, you you know you set out and you go okay how many presidents have it been? Also, uh, we're on the same um, release schedule as presidential elections. Just a podcast every four years. <laughs> That's how we do it. it. It's challenging at the moment. Also, the hilarious thing is this is going to come out in the future when everyone has like jetpacks and shit. So like. <laughs> Are timely and relevant, like it news about the ele- like the outcome of the election is going to be old hat by then. Yeah, it, it is November seventh, twenty twenty. Here, hopefully, that's a significant date that you're when you're listening to this. Oh yeah, when it all happened, when it was all decided, and there was no further debate. <laughs> like, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that's what you that's what you're thinking. But yeah, don't know. Yeah, how how are you feeling? Feeling, feeling um, good about it? Seriously, just relieved. Um, you know, like I've been probably the same as you, just going to the New York Times and the Washington Post pages and just constantly hitting refresh until I found on Twitter there's someone that had written this web scraper that could just pull all the results from all the <laughs> all the um, uh, all the contested all of the undecided states. Then I started reading that, and that updates like every half hour. So that was exhausting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast before, but in uh, 2016, on election night, um, I actually recorded a podcast with uh, some other people that oh, like yeah. was never released. Like we, we <laughs> recorded episode after episodes, and not a single one ever was released. But we like we met up, and so there's somewhere on someone's hard drive there is evidence of me. And everyone else being like super cocky about the outcome of that election, and um, yeah, and uh, I'm glad I've never I've never like gone back to listen to it. But we were just drink- <laughs> you know it's like it's funny that there's like an hour and a half of just time capsule of me drinking beers and and spitballing how many electoral votes Hillary was going to get and shit. And uh, I- I'm imagining you started recording it. Uh, 5:45 that day because it's uh, yeah. 7:15 that day. It was like very different news. It was that's yeah, about it, when it clicked in. That's when I started sending "Please don't kill yourselves" texts to my friends <laughs> and things like that. Yeah, um, I did not make that mistake. Um, this for this round, I, I kept it low key. Did not record immediate reactions. Um, little like, definitely have been following the news. A little bummed out. Um, I mean, I'm glad that ultimately uh, Biden won as of today. Um, yeah. But a uh, little bummed out that that uh, Trump still got so many votes. Like, yeah, that is is disturbing, isn't it? That um, you know, this is a guy we know now. I mean, I I felt like I had the measure of him four years ago. But <laughs> some people want to you know kick the tires. Um, and still seventy million, just just over seventy million, or just under seventy million. Let's call, yeah, it, let's call it an even seventy million. We're like, yep, that's that's our guy. <laughs> it's the fucking yeah. one. 
yeah, more of this, please. Like, is yeah. <laughs> so. That's that terrific. was kind of a bring down. I mean, that was like obviously it's ticked up, but I mean that was my takeaway on yeah. election night was like, uh, this is way closer than I was hoping it would be, and uh, I was wow. genuinely worried on election night. I I thought like, I went to bed thinking like we're fucked. This is it, um, because I hadn't done like proper analysis. It was just like, all the Trump states seem to come in first. <laughs> like totally, yeah. So. It turns out when you uh when you're like don't use mail-in ballots. They're like a complete shamble and fraud. So go to the polls. Like, <laughs> and those are the first <laughs> votes counted. That's, you get, yeah. you get immediate results uh, that way. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I was also concerned about it, but also even it was like, okay, however this shakes out, you know, I think everyone was hoping this election or at least everyone on the side that the politics that I favor was hoping that this would be a uh, like a moral. Don't be a coward. Admit it. You're a Republican. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> as a libertarian, no. Um, as uh, as a Democrat, I think uh, I think yeah. everyone was hoping this would be a, like a sort of more of a landslide, landslide or like yeah. moral like like would refute be refuting Trump a little harder than um, it turned well, out. That yeah. and uh, you probably read. Um, I I started but haven't finished because it's a very long article in the Atlantic about he's not going to concede. And basically, you could get that down to a tweet. He's not going to concede. Yeah. Um, so it has to be, uh, in order for, in order for, so let's call them moderate Republicans to at least go. This guy's gone fucking nuts, and he's lost an election, and this is a coup. Because uh, we, we obviously we'd say that, but we would say that because we fucking lost. Um, we need more numbers. Uh, so the more states that he can lose by <laughs> the, the better yeah right? totally. that's why that's why obviously i'm i still want uh we we called nevada didn't we um uh, arizona uh obviously um georgia and north carolina probably not no but north, if we yeah go ahead in, and write that one off um then it's more of a crushing it's still not fucking decisive considering like what we're talking about here but it's yeah it's i think it'd be harder for people to to stand behind him and go no he he we should recount everything this is a steal this is this isn't fair yeah, uh, also, yeah, no, I agree, but it's just, yeah, I think I was hoping that, you know, it would be a little more decisive Yeah. earlier on, considering, um, for the most part, it felt like all the states you would think a Republican would win is what he won, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then all <laughs> the states that Biden, like, w or a Democrat would normally win was won, and then we've gotten some, you know, surprises in the battleground states but the fact that it even came down to sort of like the fact that this election this comes uh, any of any presidential election comes down to like six states and the rest of them sort of don't oh, seem well, to matter uh, that much is pretty this, this is this is great. fucked up like like probably the same as you um sitting there refreshing the um I, I, each each state had its own turn in the spotlight and for a while it was georgia so i was uh, just constantly looking at the, at the Georgia results, and it was basically it came down to about like what twelve hundred people in one county, and you're like, Biden has got four million more votes than Trump, right? And we're now um, so the election's over, right? Yeah. But now we're looking at okay, well, but this county <laughs> in, in Georgia hasn't returned yet, and there's twelve hundred people there, so it comes down to what they think. <laughs> like even the the population of like several states comes to <laughs> comes to about four million. You could probably you could probably get eight states <laughs> together whose population was was that many, you know? It's also when you start when you start digging deeper into some of these uh some of the states, it's funny that um I don't know if you noticed on your ballot, um there a lot of people technically ran for president and <laughs> 
some of those other people that no one fucking talks about kind of got a shocking amount of votes. I mean, not like in an, in the course of like a, a normal election, it wouldn't be like a deal breaking amount of votes. But if like the libertarian like candidate gets like 75,000 votes but in pennsylvania that's like actually matters like you know it's like these razor fin margins it's like yeah it was joe jorgensen the hilariously named joe jorgensen um great well played you're a real fucking spoiler you ruined it for for trump in several (laughs) states that was right because like the, the the margin was so as you said so narrow that um yeah you know, it actually pushed him over there, assuming that everyone who voted um, Republican, Republican would, uh, Libertarian would actually vote Republican, which is not an unreasonable assumption, but I, I guess, you know, unfortunately yeah. they didn't. <laughs> they decided to waste their votes. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that's, uh, yeah, that's that's what happened this morning. Like, yeah. we, uh, you know, went for an early morning, like, I needed breakfast supplies, so we were walking to, like, a, a grocery store. And this is right after. Uh, this Never is... give details. <laughs> no details. No. <laughs> We're going to buy some breakfast food. <laughs> Undisclosed. <laughs> They'll figure out the lunch codes if I can tell them what they are. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Look, 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 people don't need to know my business. Also, like, also, the, those. Those grocery stores don't buy ads on our podcast. So, like, what, I'm just going to, like... I, I, I wonder why. <laughs> sprinkle PCCs, like, you know, or, like, Fred Meyer's, like, details in here. No, I, I shop at an undisclosed uh, grocery store. Uh, but on the way over there... <laughs> you you guys wouldn't have heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> you have this password-protected uh, grocery store. Um, on the way over... This is right after, sort of, uh, Denise broke and... Uh, we heard several. I'm, I'm hoping there were fireworks, but you could. You never know. You know that's <laughs> that's the thing. So we're walking, heard a suspicious explosion noise. We're like, should should we keep walking? And it was like, yeah, let's keep walking. Walking some more suspicious explosion noise. It's like, oh man, is it happening? Like, what, what's going? On? The rest of it was uneventful. But I don't know if you. Uh, were you concerned at all when the election uh, got called, or was it all relief? I was uh, obviously re- relieved um, because yeah. we're also we're in we're in Seattle where things that, that that's no. Don't tell people where we are. Gonna, no details. North <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> we're in a city. <laughs> yeah, Seattle doesn't sponsor this podcast. <laughs> How dare they get free advertising by us mentioning it on the, on the Seattle Grindcore Report? Um. Yeah, I was, I was actually on the phone to my mum because it was a, her birthday, and I'd constantly been refreshing uh, the news, and Laurie eventually persuaded me not to do that, and sure. then she just shouted at me saying, check the news, check the news right now! <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, let's, let's see what happened. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania, fantastic. Um, the, uh, Senate, we, need, we obviously need the Senate, otherwise can't get anything fucking done. And... That's, yeah. is that, that's going to be a runoff for both senators, and they're both in Georgia, is that right? Yes, because we lost yeah, you're, you're all the races that. that everyone hoped like <laughs> that we would win. I'm looking at you, Kentucky, just not getting it done. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't. I mean, it's weird that you can send money to different states to try to influence the, the outcome of their elections. But I America, guess you baby. Can do that, and, and I did do that to Amy, not McConnell, Amy, not McConnell. <laughs> like, the one that McGrath. was against that turtle. Yeah. Um, um, don't, I, I, these are people that 
I don't know anything about the people I'm supporting. I only know <laughs> stuff about the people I'm against. Seriously, I have to... Now this has gone through, I'm going to look up more about Joe Biden because I know fucking nothing about it. What I know about him, he isn't Donald Trump. He isn't yeah. currently Donald Trump. So, like, okay, good enough. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> Seriously. What, oh, you need to know more than that to make a decision? Fuck you, you prick. Like, oh, oh, I want them to come to my house and clean my car. No. Fucking swinstick dickhead. It's not... Not Donald Trump, good enough. Right, let's find out more about him now. <laughs> like, no, they definitely, um, you know, there's people who are undecided. They needed to see <laughs> a debate. They didn't. <laughs> they really. Oh. oh. Anyway, yeah. we got, we, we should segue out of this. Um, uh, I was just going to point out something that you sent me, which was uh, Machine Head, once again, on the right side of everything. Um, yeah. Immediately, like, you know, sending actual like positive tweets about this All yeah that was that was nice it's good, yeah. good to see rob flynn uh the general like <laughs> being a, being a, a, a snowflake lib cuck like we are that's fantastic that's <laughs> yeah Five one five O fans, it's dark and cold all the time. You have no energy, no vision, and no confidence. Anyway, goodbye. No, obviously, an ad that ends there will be irresponsible. And do irresponsibility and ad that tries to get you to buy an unapproved energy drink go together? You be the judge. Better you be the judge than that judge being the judge. So judgmental. Anyway, Anastasia Electric is the new energy drink guaranteed to solve all your problems. Don't believe us? Then you're not our demographic. Drink a quart of Anastasia Electric and your confidence comes soaring back. You're ready for anything. Dancing, karaoke, fighting, almost anything. Some government officials claim that Anastasia Electric should not be consumed by people under 21 and is just vodka. But wise up, sheeple. Don't listen to the government. Anastasia Vodka. Anastasia Electric. Lights you up. Gets you down. And we're back. Okay. We've been doing a lot of, <laughs> oh, a lot of our own voting. Yeah, I see there. We've tied it into the fucking world. <laughs> so, Look at that. Last... You, incredible work. I, I, <laughs> I could get one of those CNN jobs. Um, <laughs> the last four of these episodes we've been chatting about, uh, like ranking all these songs, and, and it's come down to the final four. But we don't think uh, that the, the battle for the final four, it's, it's the ultimate heavy metal song. I don't know if there's you know, enough content in, in us going, well, it's this. Um, so <laughs> so what, what I did, uh, actually, and, and, and I took the reins on this one for a, for a, for a change, was to take uh, 16 songs. Oh, no, oh, my God, it's going to be really fucking long. No, it's okay. Uh, and break those into four and, and do the, uh, the, top, the top four. Uh, black metal, new metal, industrial metal, and alternative metal songs, and then we can discuss those and uh, see what's best out of that. And we're calling this uh, kind of the uh, oh, you had a you had a witty name for it. I, I yes, the the um, <laughs> this, no one's gonna care about this. So the let, me, let, me, of... let me just ruin your joke by saying it's a really funny joke. 
Please yes, welcome uh, to the stage, uh, Paul Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> what is the deal with airline food? Um, like, uh, uh, yeah, this is the uh, the NIB tournament. Do you get it? Do you get it? Yeah. But the NIT, but Black Sabbath and whatnot. Uh, so it's like the real runners-up kind of bullshit, um, happy-to-be-here kind of uh, tournament. <laughs> um, I was surprised by some of your choices, and I obviously we'll talk about that. Should we do let's, that let's, first? Or? Let's get straight into that, then. Should we do okay. the, the black, black metal first? Yes. Okay. Um, we picked picked four songs. I just like went through and tried to try find the the top most famous ones. Certainly ones that I, I didn't pick anything I'd not heard of. So um, <laughs> I think I put a lot less thought into it than than you did, and I think it might show. But uh, we've got some quite well known hits in this in this list. So no, that's, that's um, on brand for for this tournament. Like so I think that's good. The first uh, the first round is going to be Emperor. I am the Black Wizards versus Bathory. Enter the Eternal Fire from uh, Under the Sign of the Black Mark. So, uh, what did you reckon to these two uh, two monster hits? Um, well, I will say that um, questionable grammar or use of plurals aside, like <laughs> I am the Black Wizards is a fucking banger. Like I I, I got to admit, out of uh, I've listened to some black metal, haven't really given Emperor that much uh attention which may have been a mistake because this song is like really awesome i mean it's it has a lot of the hallmarks of uh a normal black metal you know it's super fast most of the time or it's crushingly doomy um has the tremolo pick licks but it like instead of just being kind of the minor kind of chords like you know evil sounding chords tremolo like tremolo picked real fast there's like a lot of like kind of uh spooky like actual guitar like riffage over that like like kind of yeah. high like melody parts um that are pretty banging the the production's raw but it's not unintelligible and sounds actually kind of heavy which is slightly that's, unusual that's what i thought about it actually sounds heavy and like a lot of black metal doesn't sound very heavy and this almost had not quite but heading for black metal had much more of a power metal production like you could mm-hmm. hear things so, which I, which I liked. You know. They also they have the choir sound on the keyboard, and they had it turned up real high, which I appreciate. So Wait, do, do you think that was a keyboard? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I mean, you know, it's It just seems wild. Like, yeah. Um. So, so I was actually a big fan of that. Uh, that Bathory song is, uh. I really like the guitar tone in it. It has this fuzz oh, guitar you tune. That is the guitar tone. <laughs> the guitar tone is so good. Um, the song itself <laughs> is like six minutes long, and it's a lot of the same riff over and over again. It, it is. So, it's, it's kind of swinging as well, instead of like brutal. It's got. Yeah. You know I mean, it's it, it's it has this <laughs> like a swing to it. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like real mid tempo, and every time you think it's about, it stops, and you think, okay, here's the part where it's gonna get fast. It like, it just doesn't. It just continues on <laughs> with the thing that they were doing before. Um, so, you know, uh, that 
that I'm that I was wasn't super into that. I could see how some people are. Obviously, Baffery is a legendary band. Was this yeah. song picked out? Because is this like an internet consensus? Yeah, the, favorite. Th- this was um this was the one. I, I think I've, I've just found top hundred black metal song. I scrolled down to like top ten and picked four that I'd heard of, or by all by bands that I'd heard of. Because some of them were like, but I think there was one by maybe Immortal was on there, and I was like less sure that they were. And I know Bathory is super famous, so I was like, mm-hmm. well, Bathory are more famous, so I'm gonna have that. Uh, and it, Enter the Eternal Fire was the the one they picked, and I'd heard of I'd heard of Under the Sign of the Black Mark. I don't know if it's their first album or if it's like the most significant album, but it's that, that's that's how I got there. Have you seen um, the album cover for it? Because it's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't think I have. <laughs> Can you describe it for our listeners? Um, I believe it's a it's a minotaur coming out of a cave from like a great distance, like it's like a cave on like a cliff. And there's a, like a minotaur holding like I think some sort of sword or uh, very decorated scimitar or dagger up in triumph. Again, from like farther away than you think it would be. It's like you know, like when people take photos, digital photos, and they're like, "I'll just crop in later." It's kind of that situation for the cave with the minotaur coming out, but they're just never zoomed in closer to the minotaur. That must be um, terrible on the CD. <laughs> And so, so it's really like, yeah, it's like, oh man, I was camping and I saw that Minotaur come out of that cave and I took a photo of it real quick and then you slapped Bathory on top of it. So, that, so I, if I we're going off of, have, <laughs> I can't believe you have positive things to say about the guitar tone on this. This is a fucking <laughs> metal zone plugged directly into the board. <laughs> like there's, there's no other way you could get that sound. <laughs> What I like about it is, I think it, part of this is, is you know, listening to four black metal songs back to back. It, I think that guitar tone has much more in common. It's like bassier and fuzzier than black metal typically is. It almost yes. has like more in common with like kind of like a doom kind of <laughs> like, so I think I appreciated that, that like, you know, when the, when the band when the full thing kicked up and it, like started is like this kind of fuzzy wall of riffage that i kind of dug i take it you're not a fan oh, I, I could no i didn't like it at all <laughs> it was it was upsetting <laughs> i think it's because i spent the last couple of weeks messing about with vsts trying trying to get um guitar sounds for a future project that we're <laughs> that, that we'll talk about at some point um, which are actually, and the VST sounds I'm trying to get are pretty horrible, but even so, <laughs> they're better than this. <laughs> um, see, um, I would, I would take, I mean, look, you couldn't have this guitar sound and do the tremolo pick thing. I don't think you'd be able to tell what was going on, right. but out of the 16 <laughs> songs that you, uh, that you cobbled together, this was not the worst guitar sound out of the bunch, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fair. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to the worst one. Um, so out of these two, is it? It sounds like it's going to be Emperor. It is, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because uh, they are. It turns out Emperor are multiple black wizards <laughs> at once. <Yeah. laughs> I, I still. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand how that works. <laughs> so uh, the, the next round is uh, Mayhem, Freezing Moon, off of. Um, I am the name of Satan. <laughs> that fucking record's called. And uh, Dark Thrones, uh, Transylvanian Hunger from oh, the album. Fuck, what's it called? No, is it um, just called Dark Throne. Oh no, it's called it's called Transylvanian Hunger. Yeah. 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 Um, 
Man, if you want to talk album covers, fucking Transylvania Hunger is the fucking best. It's so that good. is that is that is first round draft pick. Like definitely, like um, it it kind of to the point where that's like like I can point out like two dozen albums that definitely saw that and they're like got it and just fucking <laughs> ran with it. It's and, it's and they're all based on sort of um that volume four by by black sabbath but this one kind of like took it took went in its own direction a little bit <laughs> yeah it's like uh um yeah it, that, that's definitely got the best album cover i don't know if it has the best song um because yeah it it is that type i think it, they're one of the probably the preeminent black metal bands who did this of like like really writing a riff into the ground like you know we talked about Baffery playing the same riff a lot like a considerable portion of the song is the same like four bar riff or whatever over and over again like it just like plays it forever i mean it's got the blast beats and you know it sounds it sounds grim and everything so that's cool but um yeah it's it's really samey to me it's really it's a slog to get through it, and it's I think it's only four minutes. But that drum beat never changes. <laughs> that it, right at the end, uh, so I'll, I'll listen to it this morning. Going like this, this is just literally just that blast beat. It's not. There's a little fill right at the end, and I kind of, I feel that they're artistically worse for doing that fill. They should have just left it and just <laughs> committed to their horrible dumb drum beat for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I don't remember that drum fill. Maybe it's because when I think about drum fills in black metal, all I can think about is <laughs> how loud the toms are in, in that <laughs> Mayhem song. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, coming to that, Freezing Moon is the one, uh, Mayhem's Freezing Moon, that is the one that has the most <laughs> echoing fucking toms I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's just, like, they, they just cover up a well <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with a big plastic sheet and beat on that. <laughs> It's like, and I mean, it starts off pretty clean with those, like, like mm. let's really, you know, it's like the kind of like the uh, the cowbell and like Don't Fear the Reaper. They really want to like <laughs> highlight <laughs> the Tom work in the song, and they like go for it. Um, you know, the song is you know, Freezing Moon. It's it's uh, it you could definitely tell that Mayhem may not be ended up being the best, like, actual, like, black metal group. But you can definitely tell that, like, all of the cliches of black metal, mm. like, they had them, you know? Like, they had them in yeah. there, and, like, everyone heard that and, like, picked out the things that they liked and, like, ran with it. Um, You know, I mean, it's it's a pretty good black metal song. I, I It's definitely better than Transylvanian Hunger, um, although so, the yeah. name Transylvanian Hunger is, is better <laughs> than Freezing Moon. But I think I think Dark Throne beat Mayhem in, in, for Image. I think it's it's a it's yeah. a close run thing, but because Mayhem, as we as we probably discussed on the podcast, look great and like have a, a little candle on stage <laughs> when they play. They have One as candle. many candles as the safety fire safety officer will allow, <laughs> which in Seattle was two. Yeah, which is less scary, but they but though they made up with it for like uh, trade show banners of scary, <laughs> scary paintings. Man, mayhem's the best. Um, oh, that was a hell of a show. That <laughs> was they really brought it. it. And then um, they did the thing, or what? Like after we we saw them, I'm sure we talked about this on our podcast. But we came out and it had snowed. It doesn't snow in That's the city right. that we live in very often. <laughs> Keeping it vague. I'm going to run with this bit. 
for the rest of this podcast. Um, <laughs> came out and it snowed, and it just it it everything felt right. It felt like all you know all the stars aligned for this like yeah. incredibly stupid show that we saw that was <laughs> awesome and then like the snowy. It was it was a lovely evening. <laughs> yes. Um. So. I guess anyway. I guess I'm saying mayhem for this one. Yeah, what do you? I, I think that's that. That's fair enough as well. I also I've not listened to the Transylvania Hunger record all the way through, but I think I read it all of side A. Apparently, is that speed? It's just that drum beat all the, all the way through. It's like, oh no, <laughs> I'm I'm good. I mean, maybe that's maybe that gives you the feeling that listening to like a like sixty minute Doom song gives you that maybe it just hypnotizes you. Is that? Well, do you think that's the like? Maybe that's what they're going for. Like, that's 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 uh, maybe it would be worth trying. But I I do get I do, I get bored quickly. So that's why I liked um, uh, Mayhem and Emperor both had lots of bits in their songs. They both have lots of um, yeah. different time yeah. changes and quiet bits and loud bits and stuff like that. And um, so I guess it's going to come down to who who does that best, <laughs> Mayhem or Emperor. Um, for me, I would say that um. The Emperor song, um, I Am, the Black Wizards, plural. <laughs> this is an S at the end sure. of Wizards. I Am, s- seemingly singular. <laughs> black, wi- <laughs> uh, black Wizards, seemingly plural. Um, like, uh, I feel like has a little, there's a little more meat on the bone on that. Not mm-hmm. only, I mean, not just from a production standpoint, but just mayhem, like the guitar work, like the riffs are... I feel like a lot of the classic, like, tremolo-picked sort of minor key chordal kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think Emperor has two guitar players, and it's two guitar players doing, like, different things most of the time. And so I feel like there's just a little... There's a little more to it. Like, and so I, I would I would put it in the lead because of that. What do you think? I would also put it in the lead. I think um, I think Mayhem is closer to true cult black metal, but I think I actually prefer it when there's a little bit more going on than just than just that. And Emperor seem to be. Um, I'm not saying that they're crossing what they did with power metal or, or anything like that, but the, it, there's a, there's just a, there's another another element that isn't pure black metal to this mm-hmm. song, and I think that makes it a little bit more interesting. And the way it starts with that fucking super fast. Um, blast beat and then goes into that rock beat it's like that sounds great yeah totally. black metal bands don't generally do that they don't use half time speed very much in my limited <laughs> experience totally. and i also tend to, i tend to like um black metal when it's added to something else like like black anvil and stuff like that mm-hmm. that's uh that they're uh, or death heaven or something like that where you you take some elements of black uh, black metal and mix them with another thing and that's that's tend to be how how i like things so i'm i'm more drawn to emperor for that reason I agree. I think I think Emperor goes through. As cool. The okay. Next next genre, new new metal. It's that's N U possibly with an umlaut, <coughs> N U metal, and it's um, new metal's a little. Uh, the, the first band I picked here, you, you could argue they're not new metal. So <laughs> straight away, there's, there's problems. But I think the the other three definitely fall into this category. Slipknot, people equal shit versus Cold Chamber, loco. <laughs> okay, we had a whole uh, podcast about Slipknot, so I'm not going to talk about Slipknot too much. So let's, no. so let's 
for a second. Let's let's go, let's go <laughs> let's go to Cold Chamber. Um, what? How how did, how did the song get selected? Like, what was what? How do we get? They're one, of, we get they're one of the big new metal bands, or they were in nineteen ninety seven. That was the um, like Cold Chamber and Corn were were in the, in the UK at least. They were kind of the same level. <laughs> Corn yeah. were a bit ahead, but you know. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think that is as true here. Let's <laughs> 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 just throw that out there. I did. I looked up a live uh, Cold Chamber thing because I want. I I don't know why. Because I listened to the song and then I was like. I actually, Spotify wasn't working, so I had to pull up the music video for this song, which <laughs> was an adventure as well. Um, and so I just wanted to see. And yeah, the, the live performance I pulled up was at a giant festival, which I was like actually kind of surprised about. Because here, I feel like Cold Chamber's like, high watermark was like, um, was like a cover. And I can't remember if... It was Shock the Monkey or that Cars by Gary Newman. It might have been Shock oh, the Monkey they with... Did, they did cover Shock the Monkey. With so. Ozzy Osbourne? Am I remembering this hey. right? Uh, I think it, I, I, I think it was. I'm out of my depth on this now. <laughs> I think it was. I think I think you're right. I think it was Shock the Monkey. Um, um, and so I think that was previously the only uh, Cold Chamber song that I heard. So I was just... I, it was like seem weird but it it makes sense if they were actually more successful in the UK <laughs> than here where they were a very like fourth tier <laughs> like you know like new metal band um you definitely like i don't know incubus or ah, some okay. shit would have been like more successful over here uh, um um yeah i think sometimes I, uh for this i obviously looked at like what 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 new metal bands were big and then I also relied on, well, this is from about 1997-ish. Yeah. So I was there. So I remembered something. So <laughs> so oh, <laughs> did you ever see Did you ever see Chamber? Yes, I did. I saw Chamber. <laughs> I think I talked about this on the podcast. Uh, they had a bunch of children's plastic uh, farm, like like little tractors and things like that, that you could ride on as a, as a, as a small child, um, suspended in, in the venue, uh, <coughs> out above the audience at the... Um, at the Manchester Academy, bizarre. No other, no other band that I went to see ever took the trouble to do that. <laughs> so. I, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, no, like, it does make sense. You're right. <laughs> Let's not examine it any further. <laughs> no, uh, I think what I meant, to, what I, what I meant by makes sense was if it makes sense that no other band would take the time to do that. <laughs> not that it makes sense. That I, I saw Rob Zombie in the same venue, and he didn't do that. That was. <laughs> Yeah, he was too busy having like cardboard robots on stage and shit. Probably. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> this song is fine. The guitars are tuned very low. That that was my main mm. takeaway. And I guess the dude, the singer is has a pretty good kind of guttural scream kind of thing happening. But yeah, but it's also very much like everything about it is very much of the time and the genre like it sounds like like uh, you you listen to that and it sounds like a dozen new metal bands like i don't know that anything like super sticks out but like the, the high-pitched snare and the like super low guitar and the, the you know yeah dude screaming some nonsense you know the whole thing was like very kind of a440 new metal to me 
Yeah, um, this took me back to the time, but it wasn't the time that I particularly was like, oh yeah, <laughs> all this new metal, I'm so into it. Uh, it was, that wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't really a mark for that. So. Uh, also, again, because I think because I watched the music video and, and like a random live performance, they it seems like they might have taken some more time crafting their, their individual looks than like writing <laughs> songs. <laughs> like, just, you know, also a component of it. Um, So... You know, um, I probably won't listen to any more Cold Chamber, and I like actively listen to Slipknot sometimes. So, um, and People Equal Shit is awesome. So, <laughs> it's probably <laughs> kind of a walk on this one. Right. So, not super impressed with Loco. <laughs> no, it wasn't wasn't uh wasn't my thing fully, but um. And I would say, like, yeah, uh, I would say of a uh, head-to-head battle between this and a really good Slipknot song. I'm gonna go with Slipknot. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I, I agree. And the, uh, the beginning of that Slipknot song with the blast beats, yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay, so uh, round two of new metal is Corn. Uh, obviously, the, the the big swingers of uh, of new metal, possibly the most important new metal band in the world. Oh, what a what a tag! <laughs> Damned with very faint praise. <laughs> Versus Lincoln Park in the end. Okay, so um, so we got blind and we got Link, or we got in the end. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna start with Lincoln Park. I think because uh, we can just talk about them real quick and then talk and then talk about slash make fun of corn for a little bit and figure this out. I think um uh. Again, talking about sort of like it signifiers of like new metal and that kind of thing. I think the kind of evolution of like new metal or that that kind of music, like the beginning of in the end, where it's like got the drum machine beat and the yes. and the moody piano, and then it <laughs> like comes in. It just feels like instantly 1999 or whatever that came out. Like it just feels like. Yeah, that's like you want to talk about bringing you back to a time and a place. Like, yeah, it's it's a and thing. The, the two vocal lines as well. <laughs> yeah, like the one guy's like kind of kind of rapping slash like sort of sing talking, and then there's this like some heroic background vocals every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. Like the guy from Journey is is, is there <laughs> helping out. Um, and uh, and there's a real like there's a real like they stole a 14 year old's diary to like get like <laughs> oh. lyrical inspiration type situation happy to it, which is like, it doesn't even matter how does. hard I try. <laughs> um, also I, this is the number one that Spotify was not uh, working for me for some reason. So I had oh, to weird. look up the music video <laughs> <laughs> and the music video, it all takes place on a, uh, on a giant CGI um, sort of castle tower thing made out of statues. And it looks like maybe like Myst or some other video game that you might have played in, like on the PC in 1997 with those guys just like randomly inserted into it. It's pretty funny. Uh, and this goes up against, uh, I really like this one, by the way. I, I thought this was great. <laughs> I was to it this morning. Um, 
thinking that, oh, yeah, I know, I know that one. And then I think because of what's been happening today, it hit me. It got me in a really good mood. And I was like, this song's fucking great. It's, it's absolutely fucking mint. I really love it. It's certainly <laughs> blind. The 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 intro to blind, I think, is is super iconic. Like, one, it's dead simple to play. So, like, it's definitely something that as soon as you heard that, it was really easy to make fun of the riff. You know, like the... Oh, you know, yeah. The yeah. And I didn't realize how much... Uh, is it, like, chorus or... Flange or something. It's it's affected. It isn't just a slightly clean guitar. It's there's shit on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's one guitar that's real, like got a bunch of things on it. That's playing a tritone, and then the everyone comes in with the dun dun dun, and the 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 dun 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 like is the thing that I think as soon as you pick up a guitar and realize that it's just like those three notes, like you immediately start playing it, and then. Anyone who's in on the joke, as soon as you start playing it, eventually will do the "Are you ready?" and it's it's <laughs> never not funny. <laughs> That's it, this is a, a big dumb song. Um, yeah, it, it goes on a bit though. <laughs> like it's it, <laughs> it, it really it, does. Feels like they could have wrapped it up. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It it's you know it yeah it definitely like slightly overstays its welcome but um and the in the productions it's the production's a little weird on it too it's it's like not as well recorded as you would think i guess at this point they weren't super successful because this is the first album and, the first and so they, they, they didn't like maybe throw as much money <laughs> at it as subsequent like corn records would say what you will about the quality the quality of songwriting or like whether or not it's to your taste at least sound real big you know they're mm, like, yeah generally are like pretty big sounding except for the bass the bass never sounds big because the bass no, it's, it's is clicks <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst bass sound in modern rock like it's, it's <laughs> incredibly terrible <laughs> I'm not convinced yeah. that it's. I think it, he just might buy pre like cables that are already pre-failing. So it's just <laughs> all you hear is him moving around and the click of the cable, and it's not actually anything that he's fretting or doing. Um, yeah. Oh, I liked um, Jonathan Davis' voice on this one as well because in the quiet parts, um, before he's building up to his shouting, he sounds a bit like um, Rob Flynn from Machine Head. Like the the the, the quiet parts are sound a little bit like the quiet parts on Burn My Eyes. So I, I liked that. Yeah, and I hadn't noticed that until now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird that there's a bunch about corn that obviously people took like the inspiration for it. It's like the kind of like uh, rhythmic gibberish, scatting, <laughs> yelling about your feelings kind of stuff, and um, seven string guitars. Like yes, yeah. it was like people weren't playing fucking seven string guitars until they started playing seven string guitars. Like that's just. I mean that that's when I became sort of aware of yeah like them in, 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 a, in a band actually using them so yeah and it's funny because you know that was originally made for shredders to be able to shred slightly harder <laughs> like like there's a reason why ibanez like made this, this like right. yeah of course they're ibanez guitars and that was and if you look like the ones like corn were playing were like real like steve i looking yeah. i mean they didn't have the Did handle, they have the handle? But <laughs> 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 i don't know if they had the handle but they definitely were like were made for dudes to like it's like oh one more string you can like shred a little harder 
and it's funny that they were like, "That's cool. There's one more string we could like Let's tune that string to B and then just <laughs> rhythmically hit it." <laughs> and it's like, um, but um, so there's like a lot that they took with that, and I think sometimes having like kind of um spooky sounding ambient guitar is probably something that a lot of people kind of stole like you know yeah. scary kind of parts it is interesting that even in um you know blind one of their earlier songs the two guitars do a lot of different stuff not just in the beginning where you talked about how they had like the clean or, or the cleanish affected arpeggio like or, you know tritone kind of thing and then the ever guitar comes in with the big weighty riff but like during the verses, like one guitar is like playing like really high kind of mm. stuff, and the other one's kind of like just like low, open, kind of hanging chords and stuff. It's it's pretty orchestrated. It seems yeah, like they were thoughtful about it, even in a song that's sort of you know one or two, two or maybe two or three riffs, <laughs> kind of repeated ad nauseum for a while. You can, you, know? you can tell they're good musicians. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like to say that about the bass player, but <laughs> I, I I guess you have to. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, uh, I'm unclear as to what his contribution to the group was, so I'm not going to go that far. Uh, I believe his name is Fieldy as well. Yes, that's right. Fieldy, Fieldy's Dreams, a.k.a. Fieldy's Nuts. Um, so uh, so this one is... Uh, I think this one's a pretty tough one, because I, I really like that Linkin Park song. I think it's, <laughs> it, I think it's great. Um, but it is. It, you could argue it's more of like a modern pop song uh, than a metal song because uh, it's just there's no guitars until the chorus and the chorus is the is the sweetest backstreet boys thing i've ever heard it's it's awesome but it's 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 difficult that this is in a in the same category as people who go shit <laughs> like yeah um yeah and i understand for i think i think lincoln park for probably people of a certain age might have been is one of those bands that might have been like the first rock band that they might yeah. have gotten into you know um so i i'm not as nostalgic for that although for me i always think about the uh the the mashup between them and jay-z for i think it's like numbs backslash encore um which was in the uh michael mann's miami vice movie soundtrack <laughs> That's, that's my connection to it. Um, that's another one where it's like the chorus is very catchy, but you listen to the lyrics and you're like, man, let's rub some money in it. Like, it's going to be okay. Like, you just, <laughs> like, you know, like <laughs> why, why is this that? Um, um, yeah. Uh, I, I think I would, in the end, it's not a bad song. And like I say, that, that, uh, that piano part is, yeah, uh, it's like very memorable, but uh, I'd probably give it to Corn because that's just like people heard that and made fun of it, but also liked it. And it just like I think enough people heard that and was like, oh, that's the shit we have to do. That they're one of those bands that like created that new metal shit, you know, yeah. like or what I we think, think of as new I metal. Think that's probably fair. I, I prefer the Linkin Park song, um, but. I th- when it yeah. comes down to like which is the best new metal song <laughs> well <laughs> corn in it <laughs> yeah so um, it comes down to slipknot versus corn 
I mean, you know, the heart wants what it wants, and I and I think in this case, like, I don't know if it's the best quote unquote new metal song, but between these two songs, I I, I would probably go Slipknot. I'm happy to completely change the parameters of what I just <laughs> said before. Yeah, Slipknot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, because Slipknot do actually fit into the new metal canon really well. And some certainly some other stuff in Iowa is a lot more like the stuff on Roots by Sepultura, which is kind of really maybe that might actually be the first new metal record if we if we really think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Slipknot do fit in just as well as Corn do, and I think basically People Equal Shit is a better song than Blind. So. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, I I would I would agree with that, and I think um, you know. Um, I, yeah, I think they definitely have some of the same influences, although I think Korn's MO, if you look at that, is to like, they were like, oh, we like the slow parts of metal songs, like the breakdowns, where it gets yeah. slow. What if all of our songs were just breakdowns? <laughs> like, what if we only did the breakdowns, where clearly Slipknot is like, we also like those slow breakdowns. But we also like when shit's really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yelling. Um, More going on there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now the, so uh, far. the industrial part of the evening. Uh, we have <laughs> round one, Nine Inch Nails, obviously. Mr. Self-Destruct versus Fear Factory Replica. Man. Um, so we have, I mean, one of the top metal bands of all time, Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> yeah, metal. Back. Fucking like <laughs> denim and leather, basically. <laughs> you know, them and Saxon. It's hard to tell them apart. <laughs> um. Mr. Self-Destruct is a rad song. What struck me about this is, um, this is where I, I'll show that I'm, I guess, maybe a slightly bigger Nine Nails fan. I, I've watched a lot of like live footage of them playing the song. And the thing about when they do it live is they have a they have a, an actual drummer who's like playing like, you know, the song's pretty much double time, like most of the time. And so it's yeah. like really, sounds really fast and heavy. The actual production for the studio version of it the drums are weirdly mixed i would say like at least everything all, all the speakers slash headphones that i listen to they're there but everything is really like distorted and weird and i don't know that do you know what i'm talking about does that i do but the yeah. whole record kind of kind of sounds like i mean maybe this song in particular but uh, Downward Spiral is a weird sounding record. Mm-hmm. Like nothing really sounds like it's supposed to. Like, the guitars on this, like I guess they're guitars. <laughs> like they're really, I don't know if they're scooped or, or what, but the, they don't sound like, you know. Oh yeah, you stick it, um, stick a Marshall and then a mic in front of it, and that's your guitar sound for Nine Inch Nails. No, it isn't. There's some serious like post production going on onto this to make it to make it sound that way. And there's about four different guitar sounds on this, even on this song, and none of them just sound like. Yeah, Les Paul kind of, <laughs> kind of, you know, none of them sound like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, they have that, um, you know, the ever song you could have chosen for this, I think, um, the ever like obvious choice for the metal side of Nine Inch Nails would be a Wish off oh, of yeah, uh, yeah. Broken. And that's another one where it's like there are guitars in it, but they don't sound like how most people would have. Right. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like the whole thing's menacing and he- like that song is menacing and heavy, but it's not like traditional in any sort of way because it's such a weird guitar sound. Like it's a very specific, like super affected, like kind of weird thing. This is certainly the case too um, in this one. 
but um that said the song it i mean it's great it's a great opener and it's yeah. like it's rad it's super super rad it was hard to pick one but i, I have to pick something off downward spiral and this is probably the most metal song on downward spiral like close is a good song march of the pigs is a good song yeah there's there's lots of good songs and then the album itself like just going through it is good um but if you have to pick something out then i think this this is probably the one if you want to sort of demonstrate like national's being fast and heavy yeah yeah um, march of the pigs could get in there it's again a weird time signature so that i can mm. like throw you up it's like it's a really weird specific drum beat um yeah i think this is i mean this is a good choice like again my the backup would have been definitely wish but i think this is yeah i think this is a i mean a great song it's a great album obviously um sp- speaking of um interesting guitar tones should we t- should we talk about <laughs> should we talk about Fear Factor? <laughs> Absolutely, from 1996 Demanufacture, Replica by Fear Factory. This is this is great. <laughs> this is a really good song. But you're right. the The way that the um so it starts and it has uh, a snare drum pattern and the uh, guitar matches that like clinically precisely. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know if Pro Tools was used, but whatever the equivalent of cutting tape really fine <laughs> was used to make this just sound like robotically <laughs> produced. Yeah, and then that continues on because once the song starts proper and, you know, the bass and the the Pantera-esque guitar tone, I don't know how, how you want to describe it, um, is playing a very syncopated riff. Mm. There are always bass drum hits precisely along with the riff, like yeah. to the point where it's... And it's it, it is like lockstep like again it's if you could grit it out like it's like <laughs> there's not a hit that's not like exactly precise um which is you know i mean i think that's it's weird because it's i, I know that's the effect they're going for and they're going for that like precision mechanical kind mm-hmm. of thing but it's also like slightly exhausting slash just kind of like i don't know it doesn't it almost doesn't feel like it doesn't feel human at all like which sometimes yeah you want. I, he must be playing to a to a to a click yeah like uh, at least if not is now a drummer <laughs> if not ah, it's a computer <laughs> um and I've, I've seen live a, a couple of times and they are extremely tight or they were I, I don't know what the current state of Fear Factory is. I believe it's two two companies suing each other now. Is the current current role of Fear Factory? But um, when I saw them in the nineties, they were they were really on it and and loud and aggressive and, and extremely tight. And this is a uh, this is a good example of them doing that. Yeah. Um. And it has some sweet um, uh, like it's not just death metal sort of shouting um or or grunting over it he has some singing as well which is yeah he's got uh, a really good voice really like yeah um i don't know what do you reckon this is really this is actually kind of hard this is harder than i thought it would yeah. be yeah uh, it's difficult because uh, i think nice nails overall like we, that's not how we grade it though is it like, <laughs> nails are overall a better band than fear factory yeah i mean I, was, uh, uh, I don't know i, I might go replica just because it's it's a it's a great it's more metal than it is industrial, but um, Nine Inch Nails on this, I think, are more, um, I don't know, it's more alternative rock than they are uh, industrial. I think they're both sort of industrially in influenced bands. No, there, there's no, you know, front full, full front full, two, two, yeah, full, two, four, or, two. Like, yeah, or, I think um, it's Ebb or anything like that coming up. Yeah, I think um, I, yeah, I, I would since we're this is about industrial metal. I think I will. I will say 
Fear Factory. I would definitely listen to the the Downward Spiral at any point, but like you said, metal or metallic esque stuff happens in Nine Inch Nails songs, but I just still don't think of them as a metal band, and yeah. so it's one of those things where it's like I think I think they they lose just purely on because we we think about I think everyone thinks about them in that way, but I think the reality is their songs can be intense, but they're not. That's not yeah not that you know. So Fear Factory. All right, round two. Ministry, obviously ministry, obviously Jesus built my heart, heart rod, uh, versus nail bomb, wasting away. Um, this is this is a rad matchup. Um, I'm really excited about this one. Um, yeah, I remember the first like, time. This I... is one of those rare things. It's a good ministry song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ministry on a whole is not always my cup of tea, and they they have a couple of different. Much like Nine Inch Nails, they started sort of as one thing, and it became a different thing like the yeah. first mystery albums are like sound like Depeche Mode or some shit they're like real electronic and at some point he bought a metal zone and <laughs> 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 learned how to palm mute and wrote some fucking riffs um, yeah some <laughs> <laughs> not loads <laughs> well you know he, he he stumbles on one he's like got it and then eight minutes later that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's the end of that song um <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus built my hot ride. I remember the first time I heard this. Uh I was uh probably like nineteen and uh I got hammered for the first time on I think uh Boone's Hill wine. I it's like a <laughs> like a shitty like flavored wine. And uh we were driving to a pole hall. And it came on and I was like shit housed and I thought it was the greatest thing I'd ever heard because I was like <laughs> super drunk. Um, so anytime I hear this song, it takes me back to being young and incredibly drunk in a car <laughs> while underage. And like, um, you know, it's got, it's got the, the classic gibberish vocals from, uh, yeah. the dude from the, the butthole surfers. Um, That's right. Uh, there's multiple versions of this of the song there's like varying lengths there's like one that's like eight or nine minutes long which is too I, long i just picked the one off of um psalm 69 brackets the way to succeed and the way to suck x yes <laughs> fuck off ministry <laughs> jesus christ um but uh i think it's rad this is a good example of the kind that that sort of 90s the 90s industrial metal thing i think this is a yeah. really good example of it because it's like it's got an undeniably like that's a metal riff. It's clearly not a real drummer or a drummer who's mimicking the like kind of uh, propulsion and unending like mechanicalism of a drum machine, right? Yeah. Um, it's got some spoken word stuff that c- I don't think is a sample, but sounds like it would be a, a sample. So those are all things that <laughs> you would hear in a lot of fucking songs. So. I think this is uh, it's a great example, and the six-minute version is, you know, just stupid enough to last this whole run lift without being too terrible to listen to. Unlike, say, like, New World Order or something where it's like, oh, God, you're still playing that riff. This is <laughs> that is also barely a riff. <laughs> <laughs> you're coming very hard on ministry. Um, <laughs> I'm being very fair. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but on ministry, by the way, uh, there's a book um, by Chris, I think I want to say Chris Connolly, 
um i forget the actual title of it but it's it's his life in revolting cocks uh, and it is absolutely superb um to the point where they 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 do so many drugs all the time that you start to feel a bit ill just hearing about this it's like don't do that 30th line of cocaine man there's not <laughs> what what are you what are you hoping to achieve with that it's great it's that, that's one of the best sort of like over the top rock um biography kind of things it's it's a superb thing it's also weird that al jorgensen was in so many bands at yes. a certain point or put out so many things like of again very various quality because he did he would like just toss off a couple of like random ep style projects like he did one with ian mckay called palehead that's like yes. pretty good and like lard lard is has is pretty good you know the so first lard record's great and then well i do side a of the first lard <laughs> record's really really good and then diminishing returns on lard i'm afraid <laughs> yeah so it's like it's weird his his fingerprints being on stuff and how he kind of flirted with like again like a bunch of stuff with like more punk rock kind of side of things or you mm-hmm. know and not just like you know revolting cocks or something that's way more in the classic sort of industrial kind of stuff yeah yeah um okay the everyone nail <laughs> nail bomb this is I'm glad that you picked this. I don't know if this is an obvious choice for everyone else outside of the two of us, but... <laughs> but. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I, I couldn't think of a lot of um, industrial metal bands. Like obviously, Nine Inch Nails and Ministry. And then Fear Factory kind of like, well, they're, they're kind of one of the newer but more metal ones. And I was like, after that, I was like, well, the only the one, the other one that I really like would be <laughs> would be Nail Bomb. Uh, but I guess this, you, you could have picked probably any any of a dozen way more famous bands but yeah i really wanted to get get on this that nail bomb for those of you who don't know how dare you even not know this um it's a uh, super group of um max cavalera from sepultura and alex newport from first channel and their friends um and and they made this fantastic record called point blank and wasting away i believe is the first song on that mm-hmm. and it's great fucking great nail bomb is great i mean like you know first song serious uh wasting away is serious uh slayer vibes yeah that that riff (laughs) yeah yeah the the thing about nail bomb is that it has that album does have like real riffs like that you know you're talking about ministry only kind of having riffs like nail bomb has fucking riffs like there's there's riffs in there Max Cavalier. <laughs> yeah, so he's gonna toss off some riffs. Like. He, he writes riffs. <laughs> um, it it's it sounds great, and he's he's um, it. I'd sometimes put this above any Sepultura record, like or certainly any Fudgeon record. Like I think that the, some of them together are better than their the, the other bands. This is this is a fantastic. It's a bit samey, is the only the other thing. Wasting away is probably probably the best track on a record that where it kind of all sounds a bit like this, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if this is... I know they were using a drum machine on this record, but they were, they were also using a real drummer, so I don't know if this track is specifically just a drum machine. But it, it's super tight and incredibly fast, and mm-hmm. I'd be... I wouldn't be surprised if they said, yeah, that's just that's just computers doing doing that for, for them. <laughs> um, yeah, this is so... Um, Nail Bomb is great, and I would... I mean, my heart wants to put nail bomb ahead of it just because i like it more you know <laughs> it's, it's more to my taste like you yeah. know um so that's what i want 
but I, you feel free to talk me out of that. No, I'm 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 100 down with that. Like, <laughs> okay, let's. <do> it. <laughs> I I wonder what people we haven't at the time of this recording we haven't actually um dropped any of the ever bracket podcast and uh, no one gets in touch with us anyway. I wonder what people <laughs> are gonna think of our opinions on this because we have some yeah out of out of the four industrial bands uh, Nine Inch Nails and Ministry are not not then they don't go through the two <laughs> you, the two you hadn't heard of went through <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like yeah that's yeah there's definitely gonna be. Some motherfuckers. Well, there's gonna be some motherfuckers anyway who are like, you, you went with Fear Factory or like Nail Bomb over like, you know, I don't know, Gravity uh, Kills the, or KMFDM or some shit like, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, we did, but Bile didn't get a look in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so what is that? That makes it uh, uh, Fear Factory versus Nail Bomb in the final. Ah, tricky. I don't know. I kind of want to go for nail bomb just because, like, like you said, the the riffs, the riffs, the riffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's funny that nail bomb. As much as that could be a drum machine, it's I can't tell if it is, and it's definitely mm. you know, it's wasting away, very frenzied, but it still feels a little more human than Fear Factory. But again, I think that's like by design. But I respond to that more, and uh, yeah. I like the kind of the Slayer vibes that kind of come off of Wasting Away, so I would go Nail Bomb as well. Excellent. Locked in agreement. We're doing Okay, final, final genre. Alternative, which is basically anything. Uh, but <laughs> so here's what, here's what I picked. Um, round one, Alice in Chains, famous uh, Kirkland-based uh, rock band. Them Bones versus Helmet Unsung. Paul. Any any feelings on either of these two bands and <laughs> care about them at all? <laughs> Meaningful in any way to you? <laughs> Bunch of feelings. Um, I will say that Unsung almost made it into our um, groove, like the the, the groove of, sludge yeah. uh, bracket. It was there was a short list of bands that uh, like almost got in there, and I think I opted. Unsane took their spot pretty much, Ooh. like you know. Um, because Helmet is one of those ones that's borderline metal to me. Like it's like metallic, but it's like is it is it metal? Um, that said, Unsung is I think their best song, and uh, I think what really makes this song is uh, the drumming. The drumming is really good, mm. and it goes through a bunch of like different kind of feels and like. Uh, kind of goes for like there's like kind of starts in like almost like it seems like an oddish time signature kind of feel and then it goes into sort of a rock thing and it has like double time parts and stuff like that the drumming is just really good really like drives the song because the the riffs a lot of times are really angular and kind of start stoppy and so yeah, like yeah. you need the the drums drive it you know like drive the whole thing forward and make it so it's not just like um sort of a disconcerting listening experience that's too like you know just like uh like hard to follow you know so yeah if you if you can if you make those riffs too arty <laughs> to, to stop start uh then there's no well not no it's less groove to it so it's harder to get into it and i think you're right the, the drums really pick up that that um responsibility and make that song make the song work yeah because if we go back to like fear factory 
for a second. It also has like the verses on that also have like a real like start stoppy kind of thing, and the drums follow it like mm. pretty precisely, and that sounds more angular and like it doesn't like it doesn't drive it the way like that dude like yeah played it's rock. Like Fear Factory, Fear Factory kind of use the seems to use the dynamics of this part of the song doesn't have a groove and the chorus does instead of just getting bigger for the chorus it's like oh yeah you can bang your head to the chorus but not everything else is kind of weird <laughs> so <laughs> totally. I, I, I think it's a cool move but it, it does sometimes make their uh their stuff a bit wearisome to listen to <laughs> so yeah totally um depends on what, what mood you're in yeah so also um <laughs> sideline helmet um this anecdote um did like did you ever see there was a really shitty uh do you remember the jerky boys that put out tapes of prank phone calls and that was like a fad that like got big enough that someone gave them a movie where they like you know strung a bunch of their kind of bits together but like made it like a random shitty comedy and at one point they for some reason they're in a rock club and they're pretending to be roadies, and they like, but they don't know how to set up anything. And it's for Helmet, and then Helmet's in there, and Paige Hamilton steps on his wah pedal, and and sparks fly out of everything, and electrocutes <laughs> sure. them, which even at the time, I knew was not something that could technically happen. <laughs> like, just like if you, you know, it's like if you hook that stuff up wrong for people who don't play instruments, if you hook up guitar pedals and things wrong. It just doesn't make sound. Like it doesn't. <laughs> there's no like repercussions beyond like just an inability to hear yourself or <laughs> yeah, things sounding fucked up. Um, so I guess minus points for uh, Helmet taking a paycheck in that Jerky Boys movies. Um, Allison yeah, Chains, Allison Chains, important, uh, Im- w- important band to me. Like as a kid. It was they're one of the first bands that I like actively chose to like buy albums on my you know, like at a certain point when you're like a little kid, you probably like don't like sort of music happens to you or at least happened yeah. to me. But like so I was like, this is when you started taking control of it, right? Yeah, and I remember Dirt specifically, which is the album that uh, the Bones is the opening track on. That was like rushed out and got it and like listened to it incessantly. Even though there's a lot of filler, or there's like some filler on that album, but uh, Dim Bones is great. It has a weird chromatic riff. It's yeah, just four <laughs> notes. <laughs> like, you know? It's it's that drop tuning, uh, mm-hmm. and I think anyone, if when you pick up a guitar and it's in drop tuning, if you don't play the Dim Bones riff, you're not to be trusted. You're not you're not a real person. I think you might be a pod person or from space or something. But when a human picks up a drop <laughs> drop tune guitar, that's what they play. <laughs> Or you play um, a song that's coming up, uh, I think, in the next matchup. is the ever-classic drop-tune riff song. <laughs> um, I, I will allow that song, too. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, that was definitely going to happen. Call forward. Um, yeah, and, you know, Alice in Chains, like, we don't have to talk too much about it. People know about Alice in Chains. But yeah. they, Jerry Crantrell writes riffs that are simple, but, like really good like melodic and just kind of like frequently heavy but um you know like them bones that riff is technically easy to play but it sounds really tough like it sounds like heavy and like it's what you want and obviously lane stanley like that dude just could sing and do crazy like they have crazy harmonies and all their songs it's just it's just you know 
this is a good that kind of like metal hard rock kind of thing it's just like a really great example of that yeah and they came from a more of a, a hard rock kind of place originally right weren't they weren't they more of like a yeah, I, I think they originally like the, it was like Alice Poison type band, but yeah, it was like Alice in Chains with the N being just <laughs> like the letter N, and it might have had like a Z. Like they were like not originally as clearly it was not as dour or <laughs> completely as serious as maybe uh, <laughs> it, like they ended up when all their songs are just like oh, I'm down in a hole, heroin addiction, <laughs> like you know, like. <laughs> Let's uh, about if Vietnam. only we'd stayed with cocaine, we would have been would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah. The, the, also, the guitar solo in this song is, or the the three or four guitar solos. Like, I mean, the song's two and a half minutes long, but there's there's I guess there's like maybe sixteen bars, and, and like first four are here. Oh, and then this four. Oh, and it just and it just goes all over the place. It's a, a beautiful thing, uh, layered over that massive riff. Um, yeah, he was a hell of a guitar player. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he he does that th- he does that thing a lot in songs, um, where he clearly uses two different tracks to like do the guitar solos. So he'll oh start, yeah, and they overlap. <laughs> like, <laughs> he'll start at one time and he'll like play a bunch of tasty licks, and then he'll like dive bomb out of it or like hit a note, and then a different guitar will come in and play like a t- tastier lick while the other one like you know like screaming like, feedback and. Uh, and Lane Stanley's just does a yeah or something like that. Like, you know? Oh, he, he was so good at the yes. <laughs> no one could sell a yeah like him. Like, no. um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, this is another tough one because I think, I think Them Bones as a, like, a rock song is catchier and heavier and has a thing. I think the helmet song has a little more to it probably musically. It has a couple like the in part like has crazy chords and sort of it takes you on a little journey and the riffs are a little trickier. So they both have things going in their favor. Um yeah. I would probably lean towards Alice in Chains. That might be you know the personal like nostalgia like talking, but happy to hear what you think. Yes, yeah, same. Um, I think um, I think it's really the guitar solo in Them Bones that like there's so much to like about that song, and I'm not usually a, a massive fan of wanky guitar solos, obviously, because no one is. No one likes wanky guitar solos. Um, but this As is a, a Dragon Force fan. Solo. I like. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> um, th- this is just a, an excellent song with a with a fantastic solo in the middle and. It's weird that like oh these grunge bands that can't even play guitar, <laughs> as as was the the call in uh, 1991. Um, but but see, th- I, this guy's an amazing fucking player. <laughs> that, that's such a weird. That's a weird take. It's like these yeah. guys can't play guitar because it's like oh except except for like Kim Fail from Soundgarden who also shreds and I guess like I don't even like Pearl Jam but it's like those guys can play guitar as well. <laughs> like yeah. it's like oh yeah actually. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Everyone can kind of play guitar. I guess it's like <laughs> it does take a little bit of practice to nail. Uh, um, what was the one you, you? What's the Nirvana song you always you always call out? Is it um, "Come as You Are"? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, this... yeah. You, oh, he can't play guitar. Yeah, you play that and sing it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or it's like Bleach. Like try to play and sing those Bleach like a bunch of songs off Bleach at the same time. It's like you have to have. There's some level of skill <laughs> there, yeah. like you know. 
yeah, he wasn't like too handy tapping no. it, but like you know, relax. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. He doesn't. He doesn't sound like Randy Rhodes, and that and that is also a guitar player. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, good, good point. Okay. Uh, so Alison Shane's then. Are we, yeah, let's are we doing it. Okay. So ra- round two, Marilyn Manson, the beautiful people, uh, versus bit of a deep pull for this one. <laughs> Life of agony, weeds. This is, I think I, when you sent me this list, I'm like, Life, Life of Agony is just happy to be here. Like, like it's, it's like a real weird Aww. choice for it. Um, so yeah. I, I saw Life of Agony um, um, in about 98 um, after, I can't remember the person who's singing for them, I can't remember their name. Uh, they left and were replaced by the guy from Ugly Kid Joe. <laughs> He came in and he had a shaved head and he murdered it. He was really good. <laughs> like it was like <laughs> I I've heard some Life of Agony. I hadn't heard the song and this is not what I thought it was gonna be. Like weeds isn't what I had pictured. Like, because they're not like the fastest band in the world, but they're kind of like they have riffs. Like there's some riffs in their songs, like, you know, and they're like, you know, like you said, started out kind of as a hardcore band and sort of transitioned to the like sort of metal. And this was like real, um, real pretty poppy. Like it's real, like yeah. it really leans on the alternative part of alternative metal. Like <laughs> it's, it's kind of surprising. I thought they were worth calling out just cause it's, um, th- this record is a bit of a, I think it's great. The soul, uh, soul searching sun record that this is on. Uh, there's this and a few other records, a few other, songs that sound a bit like this on it they're really poppy uh but they've got lots of like loud guitars on them they're not quite blink 182 but oh they're not that far away from it they're certainly heading in that direction um and they're, they're just a lot of fun especially compared to the i think was it was the record before this was called like a river runs through it and it was all about like opening your fucking veins and being sad <laughs> like it was <laughs> and that had some slow ass fucking songs on it that was more downer uh, and then this, this 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 fucking shiny little record came out afterwards. It's like, oh, this, this is fantastic. It's just a summer record. Yeah. Um, um, so I like this one a lot. Yeah. I think the, the issue that they're going to run into is that uh, you match them up against. I get, I get, for me, I think the number one draft pick for uh, Drop D, like, <laughs> Drop D riffs, like, it, <laughs> It's the beautiful people. That riff is incredibly easy to play. Once you realize that it's interrupted, you're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> it's like it really it plays yeah, itself. Like it's, it's stop start as well, isn't it? It's, it's one of the. <laughs> it's one of those ones. Yeah, it's um, and it this was this it, you know beautiful people in like black number one like in the nineties in like <laughs> clubs black that played one, that yeah. kind of stuff like. You heard them every like any weekend you're out. You're like, okay, fucking, let's go. <laughs> gonna play this over the PA. Yeah, get golf kids this, dancing. This is a, this is a dance floor filler, which is weird because it's it's a bit slow, <laughs> and and the verse is really sparse. It's just like Tom bass and some vocals. So it's like very not very danceable. I mean, I can't fucking dance, but it's not. <laughs> You can't really throw yourself into into this because it's quite moody and mysterious. And it's not until like the fucking symbol comes in and the <laughs> song kicks off that, that it actually gets, you know, something you can you can move around to. Yeah, I think I think you know it's. Um, I mean, obviously, like um, 
their Eurythmics cover was like Sweet Dreams is like what sort of <laughs> broke them a little bit, but this song is like what like really like catapulted Marilyn Manson into like people knowing who the fuck he was. Yeah. So, so this like this song was huge and like definitely like and it it actually like compared to like older Marilyn Manson, which is really like the guitar work on that is really weird and the music is really weird a lot of times. This is like very straightforward <laughs> like riffs. Like I know it has like the sparseness and the you know it has some dynamics to it, but the riffs are very like immediate. Yeah, this is it's almost like a glam metal song or something like that. Like like stomping kind of seventies simple, <laughs> you know that that sort of like. Uh, football terrorist kind of chant kind of kind of thing like it's it's really well constructed in, in that way whereas the first record is very interesting and has loads of cool songs on it but they're spooky and strange and, and kind of difficult to get your head around and there's there's parts where you can shout but you have yeah. to know the song really well this time by the second time the chorus comes around like you're like oh you got it look at me <laughs> you tell me like um and this is another one that uh I, we used to make fun of endless like along with corn <laughs> it's a lot yeah, of <laughs> absolutely because it has uh the, the breakdown part where there should be a guitar solo it's it's just the beautiful people the beautiful people <laughs> it's, it's very mockable oh yeah do that four times <laughs> <laughs> super super mockable like it's like really just teed up to to make fun of um <laughs> it's like oh typo i think um, they're pretty pretty fucking silly do they well <laughs> good news for them <laughs> Uh, that said, I would, uh, I would vote for this over the, uh, Life of Agony song. Although That's probably fair. I think this is, uh, overall a better song, even though, uh, Weeds is a, a plucky upstart in this, <laughs> totally. in this, uh, in this category. So then it comes down to Alice in Chains versus Marilyn Manson. Who, who did best there? Ah, uh, um, I, w- <laughs> this is tougher than I think it would be because I think the beautiful people riff is more. I mean, actually, they're both they're both pretty successful metal riffs. So yeah, um, I would maybe actually <laughs> they both have fairly dumb lyrics. So that's kind of a wash, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. <laughs> beautiful people, something about the size of someone's steeple is a lyric and then uh i believe them bones are me is not the greatest lyric i've heard i, mean, is, I believe them bones uh, am the black wizards <laughs> <laughs> um, so so there's a there's a lot there's a lot of silliness on either way i i think that the palm muting in allison change i think you know and and that um when the when it when the verse kicks in and he's singing, there's there's I think there's more palm muting going on there. That makes me happier than, yeah. than the Marilyn Manson song. I agree. Um, I think let's 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 go. Let's go with them bones. Let's right. get in there. Okay. <laughs> this is gonna be really weird. These matchups now are gonna be fucking cr- like they at least sort of made sense most of the time <laughs> the previous one, but now we gotta like. We gotta fuck do, around. Do, with. do we have to? Co- do, do we can now compare uh, Alice in Chains with uh, Nail Bomb and then um, <laughs> People Equal Shit with I Am the Black Wizards? Is that what we're doing next? I think that's what we're doing next. <laughs> Here we go then. <laughs> it's incredibly dumb. 
Oh, for, yeah. For, <laughs> okay. I guess industrial versus alternative then. Them Bones versus Wasting Away. <laughs> like, what's the best song there? Um, How do you even compare these fucking things? <laughs> this is real, is real apples and oranges shit, but like... Yeah. Um, obviously, on paper, looking at this, Alice in Chains has a leg up in a couple of different fields. One, Alice in Chains has an undeniable legacy that Nailbomb just doesn't have. Like, Alice in Chains no. was... Much more successful. Not only much more successful, N- but... one played one show and they recorded it and put out two, the two records being the record and the live record. <laughs> yeah. Like, in in Alice in Chains' case, it's like... That's like a touchstone. Like, people like... You know, I, I people have described bands as sounding like Alice in Chains. You know, so it's yeah. like... You know, so... Obviously, influence-wise, Alice in Chains has it. Alice in, also, the Them Bones is a really traditionally structured like you know pop ish metal song mm-hmm. like you know so it you know it's verse chorus verse chorus guitar solo you know <laughs> like it's like yeah real traditional um you know it's sludgier so what it doesn't have and nail bomb kind of takes is like just the the frenzied approach to metal that I respond to a lot of times. Like, Nailbomb yeah, is like... It, it you know. starts crazy fast, then it, and then it has that little halftime bit, and then it goes crazy fast again. Yeah. Um, With a, a stupid guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> Just all dive bombs. Like, doesn't it doesn't even... You know, you use the dive bomb to escape out of a guitar solo. You can't, this starts with dive bombs and keeps doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, not not Jerry Cantrell-esque. Um, no, not Tasty Mix. <laughs> Yeah. Um so l- breaking it down that way, although I I really like wasting away and I like nail bomb a lot. Do you kind of feel like it should be Allison Chains. I but talk pro- me out. Probably of it. fair. I, I I I mean I love wasting away as well, but I think the more certainly the more important song <laughs> would be uh than Bones. And probably even the one that actually means a little bit more to me than uh uh than wasting away. Although it's it's a surprisingly close run thing because I really did love that mail yeah. album record when it came out. So is it is that song more important to you because that was the first time you realized that those bones were you when you heard that you're like oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other one just has nonsense about carving your rights into your arms so they won't get <laughs> taken away. That's actually really good. That's a, that's a much better lyric. <laughs> that is. Look, Allison Shade's like I don't know what an angry chair is. I don't know what they're talking about like half the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, I just saw myself molded in clay. It's like you saw a bust of yourself. Like what? What do you? That was scary. Like who made it? Like you know? Yeah. Um. Oh, okay. <laughs> Emperor, I am the Black Wizards versus Slipknot. People equal shit. How, where to begin with this? <laughs> I. Like, damn. We I mean, can apply the same logic. And make this easier on ourselves than we did the everyone, which is one is a very uh, successful mainstream metal band that wrote a banger versus yeah. a cult act who wrote a banger. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know if that's right for this, but <laughs> I'm I, happy I li- to hear well, it. The main thing I like about People Who Could Sit is how fucking brutal it is. But Emperor, I think, might have the edge on them there because that also opens with fucking blast and then goes into a rock part. Yeah. And I think I prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, like, that's close to the wrong thing. Again, like, this is a great Slipknot song, but 
I think I'm. I think I want to put Emperor ahead. I, I, I could co-sign that. I see that. Like, yes, there is. Like certainly, per- if we're going to talk about production, people equals shit is like immaculate metal production, like yes, modern metal. Yeah, that, like that's it's, how it's supposed to go. But that Emperor song is, as we discussed earlier, is actually heavy, unlike a lot of black metal. Like it yeah. fucking sounds heavy. It sounds fucking brutal. It's like honestly one of the better produced for that kind of cult like black metal shit. I'm kind of with you. Let's let's do it. Let's go. All right. We gave a Slipknot a lot of run on this podcast already, so we don't need to continue. <laughs> yeah. Let's go Emperor. Emperor the, stick up for the little guy like Emperor. <laughs> 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 so here we go for 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 the battle for who cares. The the, the second place also ran. No one gives a shit. League <laughs> Emperor versus Alice in Chains. I love this because this is where everyone thought this podcast was going to end up. I was talking about <laughs> Emperor and Alice in Chains. <laughs> so stupid. Um, I, I'm going to... Would it would it shock the world if I said Emperor again? Like, if I said I, that... I kind of want to go for them as well. <laughs> I feel this might be a little bit more... I'm very familiar with with Alice in Chains. So um, I was listening to all the playlists a few times um, since I put it together a couple of weeks ago. And... Them bones as like it would start and then a couple minutes later it'd be over and I wouldn't have taken any of it in because it's it's one of the songs I know really really well mm-hmm. unfortunately um, so I think the fact that I'm so familiar with it kind of counts against it in terms of like this Emperor song kept blowing me away in the way that Alice in Chains used to do when I was seventeen or when I first heard <laughs> this song yeah totally and I think um, and I think it's because again I think black metal can be such a like traditional black metal is like a really like narrow genre like it can be really the signifiers of it are really narrow and so a lot of times you hear those bands and you hear other bands and you're like oh that's marginally better or marginally worse than you know yeah mayhem if mayhem is like the Mendoza line of that of like you know it's like is it better than mayhem better or worse than, than mayhem, mayhem yeah. And um, a lot of extreme music is the same way. Like grindcore, sometimes you can't really. I you could play a Young and in the Way song and a Nail song and go, which is which? And I'm like, I like them both. I don't know. <laughs> like, totally. You could play Full of Hell or Cult Leader when they're not doing their other thing, when they're doing their grindcore thing. I'm like, and I like both those bands. And again, couldn't tell you which is which. <laughs> so yeah, I think. So it's it's when a band like when you hear a band and it. They bring, they have a little bit of something extra, like a little bit of extra juice, yeah. either it's the production or it's like the guitar work or it's the use of fake <laughs> choir sounds very high in the mix or whatever it is. Um, well, citation needed on fake. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's fake, but whatever. Like, we're going to go here. Um, I feel like, you know, when you hear that and you respond to it, I think that's it. That can be like, that, that gives it a little extra juice, you know? Like, and so I think that's another reason, like you said, that it's like, yeah, I'm kind of like, was like really surprised by it. I was like super into it. So yeah, there might be some um, recency bias, but for this arbitrary matchup, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like let's go, f- let's go with some fucking, that, some of that black metal shit. Let's All go right. true cult on this. So the, the the overall winner for this uh, the, the mini round <laughs> that you were all crying out that we should do <laughs> is Emperor, I am the Black Wizards. Yeah, also there are multiple black wizards. <laughs> it's gonna be a long one. 
<laughs> this is this is yeah, this is epic. But this is it. We can stop talking about brackets after this. We may not. Us. We may stop talking about music after this. <laughs> Just <laughs> move on. Yeah. Um, Talk about art. <laughs> you know, the, but the, but the flip side though is that uh, we listened to a bunch of songs, some of which we had heard obviously before, because it's yeah, some of which you couldn't avoid, but some of which were like new. You know, that's 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 a worthwhile endeavor, I think. I think so. There was some standout stuff, especially in the uh, Death and Grind, mm-hmm. um, uh, and in in the Thrash one. There was there was at least two new bands, new bands uh, in the <laughs> in the Thrash one, uh, which were at the time uh, I want to say Witchery, yeah, and unfortunately, uh, I say unfortunately because uh, uh, Riley Gale's no longer with us. A uh, Power Trip, they they really stood out as being two um, amazing thrash bands mm-hmm. uh and there was a bunch of stuff in the in the death and grind stuff that was um that i hadn't really explored before so it was it was nice to it's nice to ha- to force your know, musical palette to be expanded a little bit especially totally. during, uh, during these boring lockdown times so so <laughs> we gotta do it can you recap uh for the viewers what the what the uh the final four were in each um i think so um so for old school heavy metal, aka parking lot metal, uh, we ultimately went with "Number of the Beast" by Iron Maiden. Yeah. For thrash, we settled on uh, "Almost Against Your Will." We settled on "Battery" by Metallica. Yes, you're, you're yeah, that, that was that was a, a close one thing against Angel of Death, but yeah. Um, <laughs> for uh, Death and Grind, or for Death and Grindcore. Um, I believe we settled on "Blinded by Fear." Yes, we had, we had a, a a standoff stalemate compromise where it's like it's Carcass, it's Pig Destroyer. Yeah, <laughs> it's at it's at the gates. <laughs> it's at the gates. Yeah, because you want to talk about that that we had that had the Emperor effect for me, where I was like, "Oh shit, this is really good." And yeah, then and um, playing so playing that back as well. We'll get more into that, but wow, that was that's a great fucking song. Anyway, yeah. so the last one is uh is uh. God damn! What did we pick? Fuck. Oh, we we picked Mastodon. Oh yes, Blood and Thunder by Mastodon. So by Mastodon let me set that up better. Clutch, like <laughs> <laughs> AK Clutch. Um, for our our sludge grind and doom, we picked Blood and Thunder by Mastodon. Okay, so who plays who first? <laughs> okay, uh, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do Parking Lot versus Frash. So Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden versus Battery by Metallica. This is incredibly hard <laughs> yes <laughs> like um, unfortunately hard i would say <laughs> so battery is metallica's best sounding song um, yes uh and it and it has uh it has that really fast guitar solo right at the beginning that that little <laughs> after the first chorus or after the first battery the yeah. the guitar solo there is uh is great uh kirk hammett's never sounded as good as that that is top sounding metallica yeah Number of the yeah, Beast has that, spook, has that spooky spoken intro there. <laughs> Battery doesn't have one of those. <laughs> it does not. It, it Instead, it substitutes uh, spooky spoken word intro for uh, delicately picked folk intro. That's, That's right. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Oh. <laughs> and no, Number of the Beast also has uh, when the guitars finally come in, and it takes about 45 seconds <laughs> to get through that very long speech. Uh phasers on the guitars very slightly phased <laughs> effect or, or possibly flanged effect on the guitars which is which is nice to hear 
Um, I don't know. Bruce Dickinson's scream at the beginning of that song, which is apparently 3,500 takes of, of <laughs> Martin Birch yelling at Bruce, making him do that. Um, that That's pretty tremendous, actually. Uh, when, you, when you hear the re- recording of it, when you see them live now, it tends to be more pointing the mic at the crowd. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, hey, you guys do this. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, he's, he's an old man who's had fucking tongue cancer. So, you know, do, do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, I want to go Number of the Beast. Uh, again, this is this is also um, personal bias about Iron Maiden. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but in this case... There, I, obviously, there's some personal bias uh, about Iron Maiden, but I also think that, like, <sighs> there's no Metallica without Iron Maiden, you know? Like, Yeah, that's true. You know, it's one of those things where I think, like, those were, that's one of the bands that, like, you could tell is, it's you know, is in the in the DNA of Metallica. I mean, I think the, the case for it is um, for Battery is that that has all the the hallmarks of like moving forward past that like there's many bands who like have based their whole shtick sort of off a of battery you know like that's yeah. like the whole thing and it is an epic song as well it, yeah. as in like it has lots of different parts and it, it it has a chorus that repeats but then there's there's a lot to it um and it's non-traditional song structures which number the least doesn't have it is a it is a pop song yeah um um, so, th- so it's interesting that that um, you know Metallica are able to sort of have massive uh, new wave of British heavy metal influence in them, and then write these uh, more unusually structured songs, and then everybody else did that as well. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think, and what, what's important to note about that is Battery does that, but is it's successful because there's some restraint to it, and I think in a way mm-hmm. that like obviously addresses for all the album has a lot of songs that take that sort of wait one more extra riff or like yeah. one more part and like blow it out to the point where the songs that like get kind of tedious, you know? Yeah. I mean, or even worse, like what if we very slightly change the riff? Like the riff goes like this, but instead every third time we play it, we'll move an emphasis from this note to that note. And it's like, oh, don't do that. Don't make it a math problem. This is boring. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I know one is one of their classic songs, but the last section of one <laughs> has like, yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about, where it's like, there's a riff, and then there's like a very minuscule difference version of that riff, and then it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think actually Machine Head kind of kind of do that on the on the first record as well, but they, they wrap it up quicker. Like the, They'll do it like four or five times at the end of a song, and then, then, it, then it's over. It's not the entire song is based on like <laughs> making tweaks to this riff as you go like pick one and record it man like let's, let's move on yeah um so anyway sorry yes uh iron maiden go 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 through uh i think so let's let's i i, I think that's fair to say i i wanted to pressure test it and talk about yeah battery and I, it's not taking anything away from battery all these conversations are going to be very hard <laughs> but we need to wrap it up um because it's, it's a very long podcast. Um, I'm comfortable with, I mean, I'm comfortable with any of these going through, to be honest, but um, yeah. I can see, you know, Number of the Beast is iconic, and um, it's weird, like, the influence of, of Iron Maiden on so many genres of metal for bands that don't sound like Iron Maiden is, like, yeah. 
pretty it's wild. So yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Number of the beast. Um, okay. That means we have, and th so now we have a matchup of Blinded by Fear by At the Gates versus Blood and Thunder by Mastodon. Oh, how do you again. how do you start <laughs> how do you start this one? Yeah, uh, th this is this is really hard as well. Um, I think partly because of the genre that we picked, um, At the Gates is a smaller and more cult kind of thing. Whereas uh, Mastodon is more of a big deal. Um, like we went to, did we, were that the gates headlining or were they, were they opening for someone? We we saw that. I think they were opening for Behemoth, weren't they? Yes. So at the gates are, are of no concern to anyone. <laughs> like, like, I mean, I adore them, but I'm strongly in the minority there. So, um, so this, this uh, Blinded by Fear song, which is just a fucking great sort of, I guess death metal song would be the the one way one way to put it. I, I read somewhere on um, Revolver or something like that that it's like oh no this is where uh, metalcore began like with this sort of Swedish death metal thing. Can't really hear it myself because it's more like melodic death metal. I think that's its own thing. I don't really think metalcore has anything to do with that. Um, I think it's just a really good example of that death metal melodic death metal genre. Um, but but there's nothing really other than it being a great song there's nothing special about it in the way that number of the beast like that didn't even though it's a traditional song structure nothing else sounded like that b before then um you know the 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 uh like i said the at the gate song like carcass's heartwork came out before that and that has just as good <laughs> songs on it uh this is just like a, p a particular uh refined or a particular kind of swedish death metal version of that mm -hmm. and it's great but when you look at the Mastodon song, that's that's pretty fucking special. There's uh there is something different about that. There is something um I, I haven't heard other band like the Mastodon seems to be like creating something new, whereas at the gate seems to be refining something and making it making it perfect. Is I think that's yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think Blinded by Fear totally like slays. Like it's like it's got great riffs and it's fucking you know, the production works for it you know the crazy yeah. like for like hm2 oh, grind yeah. it's like great um you know leviathan by mastodon that album is like that's really where they like figured something out you know they figured out the kind of the first they've had a couple of different iterations and that's where they figured out like they're kind of sludge but kind of like tech like the riffs are kind of hard but you know it's kind of sludgy and screamy and all that and um you know they hit upon something i think that yeah like obviously struck a chord and they're like a very influential band and i think blood and thunder like manages to not sometimes some of those early mastodon songs the riffs are so tricky that it like overshadows like your takeaway from the, listening to the song is mm. like that was a really hard riff. <laughs> <laughs> but Blood and Thunder like rules like as a song, it's just like kind of gets stuck in your head. It's like screamy and it's like the riffs really good and even the hard parts of the riff don't don't overshadow the song as a whole. Oh, the the instead of guitar solo, the the twin lead mm -hmm. fiddly thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. That part. Yeah, that's great. But it's also like as a guitar, guitar player, sometimes you listen to stuff and go, "Oh, there's no way I could ever play that." But like you listen to this uh, Mastodon song, and you go, 
oh, that sounds great. And I could probably do that with a bit of bit of, bit of practice. I could, yeah. I could probably nail that. Yeah, there's some other songs they have where I was like, I don't know what they're, I can't tell what they're doing. <laughs> like, right. They're definitely yeah. like finger picking, like they're doing hybrid picking while like playing like crazy chords and it's then drop A. And I was like, I, I may not have a shot of that, but like that, I can that play. Can be, that's fun like, as well, but sometimes it is it is fun to hear something as a, as a mediocre guitar player that you can hear and go oh cool yeah i should do that (laughs) you know totally um and also it's just like you know mastodon aren't the fastest band most of the time but for them this is like also like kind of more of like an up-tempo number that like you know gets going so yeah it seems like we're both moving towards mastodon does that yeah, I think I think out of um out of these two, um, yeah, I think I think this one has it by uh, originality and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by originality, by originality, got that originality. So the question then, I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm still yeah. going to throw this out. Number of the Beast versus Blood and Thunder. I'm I'm still gonna stick with Number of the Beast, um, for 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 the other reasons I laid out before. I uh, I think they're both stunningly original songs, um, it's, it's, and it, it eventually it just comes down to like, well, just what do you prefer? And it's sometimes it's we both sort of deconstructed both these songs probably as as probably as far as we can, and I just prefer Number of the Beast. So yeah, I'm looking. I'm I'm gonna agree with you, although my. My reason for that is trying to look a little bit, take a couple of steps back, which is um, Blood and Thunder is, I, I really like that song, and Mastodon is one of my favorite bands. But I think if you asked, like, I think Mastodon might be known for a few songs, and I don't know if any of their songs are will ever be as iconic as, like, Number of the Beast, right? The same reason that right, if right. if battery had made it through the ever round, it, Blood and Thunder would probably also lose to that, which is like, this is a I, great I song. Think, I think so. I think it will probably be Maiden, Metallica, uh, Mastodon, then out the gates out, out of these four. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably the order. Yeah, because I just think, you know, Number of the Beast has been like a, a staple for like <laughs> since you know. Well, also, when that I'm album come out in the eighties, like the nineteen eighty or whatever, like, <laughs> like, uh, like you were saying, like uh, War Pigs, you could never hear again and be a happy man. Um, like, Enter Sandman, similarly, kind of like it's just great. Um, and uh, there's another Ozzy, uh, Crazy Train. Like these are all great songs, but I could I could skip them. I'm not skipping Number of the Beast if it comes up on on a random playlist. I'm like, no, shut up, everybody. Fucking Number of the Beast is up. <laughs> Totally, and I and I think, um, and while like again, I I think Mastodon like this is a great like Blood and Thunder is an awesome song. And it's a great example of like that kind of Mark One pre clean singing heavy like Mastodon. Like now Mastodon mm-hmm. has a lot of like clean singing, and they have a kind of a there's different there's different songs you would pick for that era of like the poppier kind of more maybe per- slightly proggy version of Mastodon. They're, they're an interesting band that might be worth doing a deep dive on them at some point because there's there's so much going on. Like, I have difficulty kind of 
keep get, getting a grasp on them. And I know that there's different eras and different yeah. phases. And I really liked Emperor of Sand, even though that's supposed to be like not even a great Mastodon album. Like, I, I have that pretty high in my. <laughs> I actually have that pretty high in my rankings. I think that's fucking good. Like, I think people are haters, but um, okay. <laughs> but uh, I think, yeah, I just think like, like you said, like I think Number of the Beast. Not only are you not skipping it, but it's just kind of like. I think almost anyone who hears Number of the Beast would enjoy it on some level, while like Blood and Thunder is like, the people who enjoy it will really enjoy it, but it may not be, <laughs> yeah, to uh, everyone's right. taste. And so I think I think in this case, we well, keep changing the goalpost or my decisions on why. I think <laughs> we, we do. We're, we've not measured every every song against the same metric at all. <laughs> no, but that's fine because it's our podcast, and if you don't like it, have your own podcast, make your own brackets. Um, so yeah, r- rank our podcasts. <laughs> So, yeah, I think I think Number of the Beast feels like a good choice um, for a number. One other thing that might seal it would be live when when you when we see Iron Maiden and I've, I've seen them a, a few times, and and it all stops, and then the, the and then they play the uh, the intro tape from Number of the Beast with <laughs> with you know the the guy reading the bit of the Bible, <laughs> and it, it's so fucking exciting, and you know exactly what's going to happen next, but it's still really exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Mastodon uh, are an amazing live act. They are. They don't do that though. They, they're not a fucking musical pantomime act like fucking Iron Maiden, no, which is, oh man, that that song fits their theatrics really well. So. Well, and they don't. The thing about Mastodon is, uh, they don't always play those kind of like. The, there's like I think they have a couple of like before they actually had hits the songs that got played sort of on the radio every once in a while like or were singles that they played on like letterman or whatever like um you know they had like blood and thunder or like march of the fire ants for like kind of the underground hits on those records but they don't always play those songs like you know their set list like it's not like if iron maiden didn't play number of the beast like Uh, yeah Full scale people, right? people like, demanding bur- their money back. People <laughs> <laughs> fucking burn down the stadium, like right, like that's, um, and you know you could see a two-hour Mastodon show, and if they didn't play B- Blood and Thunder, you'd be like, well, they played probably all the other songs you want to hear, and it's well, fine. Then, like, if, you, if they don't think it's the best metal song in the world, <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe they just have a you know they have a different idea of of how to give a you know give the crowd what they want, but um. So, you know, I again I think that goes towards where the number of the beasts has grown beyond um you know, just a traditional kind of like oh, it's a song that we want to hear a band play to where it's like, yeah, like you said, yeah. like if it if they don't play it, then they're everyone's pissed. Um so that's it. And that and that was the album that really broke them as well. Uh, mm-hmm. that that was number of the beast album was where they became, you know, not just a um a, a, a curious like British heavy metal band that became this worldwide phenomena. Yeah, um, so you heard it here after many hours of podcasting. <laughs> Iron Maiden's The Clairvoyant is the number one uh, <laughs> metal song. Uh, no, uh, Number of the Beast. Oh, we did it. Clairvoyant, that's pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wasn't wasn't so that we the first round was um, Parking Lot Mel. Wasn't yeah. Number of the Beast the first ranked? <laughs> like, wasn't that, that the number one seed in that round? Uh, it was number two. It oh, okay. N- number one was Paranoid by Black Sabbath. 
all of this wasn't for nothing then. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes, you know, sometimes high-ranked teams, they, they get through. That's true. Um, so this has been a very long podcast. I don't know what... Uh, I don't know what we should talk about next week. Well, I, I, maybe, maybe we maybe we don't <laughs> maybe we don't talk about that now. <laughs> maybe we, maybe we okay. Maybe we exchange some emails and uh, and discuss it uh, offline. Because okay. yeah, this has been um, we've been talking for two hours and it's been an emotionally exhausting week. Yeah, and totally. <laughs> okay, I'll just even give just you... comparing like what's the best at the gate song out of this thing was also draining. So you know the future of the country is <laughs> nothing compared to that. Um, okay, in that case, I'll just do a piece, that's, and you can just c- cut it in wherever you feel like we petered out on that last segment. <laughs> so it's Iron Maiden then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Peace.